Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let me go, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week 14 is upon us. How are you doing? You ready to talk about some games? Yeah, uh, we have one, two, three, four, five games, Joey, that Mm -hmm. don't impact the ACC championship at all. So a lot of season finales. A lot of season finales, yeah, and and that really kind of leads into a point that I was going to make here to start. Before we talk about any of these games, Mike... I just wanted to throw this out here. Bet on these games at your own risk at this point. Um, yep. Look, we talked a little bit you know, with Virginia Tech last week going against Clemson, talking about you know would the give-a-damn factor be there. With any of these teams at this point, we don't even know what they're playing for. Like, again, we're going to talk about a game between Duke and Florida State. Do not bet on that game. I, I implore you, like – Neither of those teams have anything to play for. They're, like, there's no bowl game for them. There's nothing. So, I, I, you know, some of these games, it's like, I don't know how motivated these teams are going to be, how hard they're going to be trying. Is it a roll your helmet out there thing? Is it play for pride one last time in your home stadium? You know, there, there is any level of, of variance you could get in these games just out of the fact that there's so little impact that any of them will actually have on the, the end of the season. But we'll still give out locks. Absolutely. We're locking some stuff up here, Mike. Uh, Mike, let's jump in. First, we have a weeknight game, a Thursday night game, Pittsburgh on the road at Georgia Tech at 6, excuse me, 7 o'clock on ESPN3 or Fox Sports Local or whatever your regional sports net is. And if you're wondering to yourself, why is a weeknight game on the Jefferson Pilot special? Like, why is that going on? Well, Mike... Georgia Tech has graduation on Saturday, and they needed the stadium for that. So, fair. Yeah. So, games on Thursday now. Um, Pittsburgh, a six and a half point road favorite here. Total is 54. Uh, we just got news yesterday that Rashad Weaver has opted out for Pittsburgh. He was their nasty defensive end who was third in the country with, I believe, 14 and a half sacks on the season. He's not going to be playing. He's done. Um, Georgia Tech just put out their above-the-line chart. There's a whole bunch of guys. <laughs> like you, You've got like a guy who was a safety listed at defensive end. Like They're doing whatever they got to do. This really feels like this is just like a check-the-box activity. Just Look, we said we were going to play a game. We sold some tickets. Like Let's just get it done. So I, I, I really don't know. I guess I, maybe give me the home dog. Georgia Tech plus seven. Lock it up. <laughs> you better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. All right. Consider it locked. That's wow. Coming in hot off the start here, Mike. Coming in hot. Pittsburgh is not very good. Neither is Georgia Tech. But Georgia Tech, I think, is going to be more willing to give a damn. To be quite honest, I, think I agree with that. I, and the reason why I say that is because this team continues to improve week to week. They're a very young team uh, that has played spurts of good football this year. They've also played spurts of poor football this year, but I think we're seeing a bit more consistency, uh, a lot more consistency, quite honestly, relative to a year ago at this time. Pittsburgh is 5-5. Five and five. They're a mixed bag every week. They have been the epitome of inconsistency. One week they're blowing out Virginia Tech. The next they're getting blown out by Clemson in a total hapless effort. Um, this is not a team that inspires a whole lot of confidence to me they have a bunch of guys opting out Kenny Pickett's been in out of the lineup because he's been hurt he will obviously play this game against Georgia Tech um, in his college finale so I mean keep an eye on that Uh, there is also a chance of course that Pittsburgh could be playing for a bowl game here obviously sitting at five and five 
but even at five and six, I think Pittsburgh's going to have an opportunity to go play in a bowl game if they'd like to. Um, but Georgia Tech probably does not have that opportunity. So, uh, you know, everybody's saying, okay, well, what does Georgia Tech have to play for? Well, they have improvement to play for, and Jeff Collins isn't going to want to have them roll over against Pittsburgh. He's going to want to win this game. In a normal year, it would be a, you know, a coastal division, like a division game against another coastal team that you want to be on the level of certainly heading into next year if you really want to take the next step in the rebuilding process for Georgia Tech. So this is the game that I think he will have Georgia Tech up for. I think they'll play hard. I think Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs will have uh, more success than a lot of people expect them to against Pittsburgh's front. Uh, you mentioned the opt-out Rashad Weaver. I think that has something to do with that. That's going to be a pretty significant loss there for Pittsburgh mm-hmm. um, in the front seven. I, I just really like Georgia Tech in this game to cover the seven. I don't know if they necessarily win outright, but I think this this could definitely be a field goal game either direction. And I think oh, Jeff Sims will have some success throwing against Pittsburgh's defense in this game, and that's why I think Georgia Tech will, at the very least, keep this game close. So lock it up, Joey. Mike, you know how I feel about anything having to do with Georgia Tech and field goals, so that did not give me the warm fuzzy there. But mm-hmm. um, truthfully, like the the way that these teams are going to play, the thing that gives me pause here, and and Rashad Weaver leaving does kind of impact this, but the thing that gives me pause is the fact that Pittsburgh has had one of the best run defenses in the country all year long, and Georgia Tech's offense, like when they have been able to move the ball effectively, it has largely been on the run game. And I don't think that that's because they have some really truly dominant run game that they'll be able to just, you know, roll up on anybody. Um, I don't think they'll be able to do that against Pittsburgh. And so then it comes down to how much do I trust Jeff Sims throwing the ball down the field a whole bunch, which I think he's capable of, but I certainly haven't developed a level of trust in him doing that just yet. Um, so that that gives me a lot of pause here with Georgia Tech and at least picking them to win outright. Um, I, but I think I'm with you. I think I will take the Yellow Jackets to cover. I, I, again, like you said, I think they're going to come out fired up. You know, this is a, a senior day game. Um, I, I think the coach is going to have them ready to go. It's so just purely off the give a damn factor. Yeah, like give me Georgia Tech, but. I don't feel great about it, and, and I could see this going any number of different directions. So just be careful, I guess is all I would say, um, from an actual betting standpoint. I, 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 I'm, I'm curious to see how this goes, honestly. So you're a bit less confident than I am. Yes, yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> I ain't locking it up, that's for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I, I think I know what I am locking up later, but I, I, it won't be this one. It won't okay. be this one. Okay, well. Maybe you'll uh, you'll have a pick that's a bit more intriguing. <laughs> Total is fifty four, Mike. Under. 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 Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Under. I don't know. Again, like Georgia Tech is playing like pretty well undermanned here, so it, there. If this starts to get ugly, it'll go over. So I agree. I, I think. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think the under is the play if you're picking Georgia Tech here. I don't think the Yellow Jackets are going to score a lot of points. But then again, Pittsburgh hadn't really scored a lot of points against most anybody this year. They have a couple times, but not much. Yeah, one of those times was against Virginia Tech, lucky yeah. for me. So Yeah. Yeah, well, keep in mind, yeah, they scored 47 against Virginia Tech. They scored 41 against Florida State. Again, a little bit turnover-aided. But, you know, other than that, like, I, I, think, I don't think they've scored more than 30 points in any game at all this year. So Right. Yeah, their offense is not very good. Georgia Tech's defense is decent. Pittsburgh's running defense is one of the best in the country. So they could hold Georgia Tech down offensively. I would not be surprised if this is like twenty to fourteen or something like that, or twenty to seventeen or yeah. You know, something that stays way under but also is a cover situation for Georgia Tech. I could also see Georgia Tech just winning this game outright. Like that wouldn't shock me either. Sure. Yeah, that's on the table. So all right. Georgia Tech, and you know what? What the hell? We'll make the under the play for me. I That has been a dumb prop for me all year, taking unders, but, you know. Last game of the year, Mike. Can't hold anything back now. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm only picking winners at this point. So. Other, other than next week. There's also games next week. But anyways. Yeah. Mike, let's move on to Saturday. The headliner, one of the potential games of the year in the ACC, the number 17 North Carolina Tar Heels, a three-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in Coral Gables taking on the Miami Hurricanes. 
Um, where did my schedule go? This is at 2.30, uh, 3.30, excuse me, these Central Times are throwing me off, 3.30 on ABC, uh, so it'll be a national broadcast. Again, this is going to be probably the last ranked matchup we get in the ACC all year. Uh, two teams that are going to be interesting to watch, and once again, the give-a-damn factor is going to be interesting. Now, truthfully, I, Mike, I think you had a take here that probably makes it make sense that both these teams really do have something to play for. This is an Orange Bowl play-in game, potentially, and... This is how we think the ACC championship will play out. Or let, let's talk about it from this standpoint. This is how Vegas thinks the ACC championship will play out. Vegas believes with the early spread that Clemson is seven and a half points better than Notre Dame in the ACC championship coming up here in about a week and a half. Um, so let's say that holds, right? Let's say that Clemson wins that game against Notre Dame by about a touchdown. Both teams finish with one loss. Notre Dame beat Clemson earlier in the year at home going to have a hard time keeping Notre Dame out of the playoff, I think, if it's a touchdown spread in the conference championship game. I think we'll have two ACC teams get in, in Notre Dame and Clemson, if that scenario holds. So what does that mean for the playoff? Well, the playoff this year is the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl. Those are the two playoff games, the college football playoff semifinal games this year, which means the Orange Bowl is a New Year's Six game hosting the highest-ranked non-playoff ACC team. Well, that's going to be one of these two teams if that scenario holds where Clemson beats Notre Dame close and Notre Dame still makes it into the field of four, North Carolina or Miami is likely going to be the team in the orange bowl representing the ACC in that scenario. Um, obviously the thing that throws a wrench into the whole thing is if Notre Dame beats Clemson again, because if that happens, then Clemson is out of the playoff. The ACC is only going to get one team in. That would be Notre Dame and Clemson will be playing in the orange bowl. So this has the potential here, North Carolina and Miami. If, the spread holds as Vegas expects it to, uh, to be an orange ball playing game, which means that this game for both teams, the give a damn factor, Joey is very real. It's there. It's there. And this is a game that is always contested a game between Miami and North Carolina. It's always competitive and it's going to be competitive again this year. And this is a very evenly matched football game. In my opinion, I think North Carolina has a bit more firepower offensively, but I think Miami is good enough defensively to hold down the firepower enough to keep this game close. Um, now, the question to me is how much does Miami score in this game? Because Miami's offense has been pretty good all year. And they've, they haven't always run the ball well, but they've thrown the ball pretty consistently well, at least better than we thought when the season began with the Eric King. The passing game has been much better than we expected it to be. Yep. And so... Where Miami holds the advantage in this football game is their offense going up against North Carolina's defense uh, because North Carolina's defense can certainly be scored on. And that is the biggest element of this game to watch because when I look at it from North Carolina's standpoint, it's offensively how much are we going to score on Miami and how much is enough? Because if Miami's offense gets rolling in this football game against North Carolina's defense, North Carolina's going to have to score a ton of points, which they're certainly capable of doing. But I'm not sure if they'll be able to do that consistently well against Miami's defense. Because of that, I'm rolling with Miami. I think they win. I think they cover. I think it's a very competitive game. It's close. It's inside a touchdown. Um, but I got the Hurricanes because I think Miami's offense is going to be able to score more on North Carolina's defense than the other way around. And North Carolina's offense is by far the best unit in this football game, in my opinion. But I think Miami's defense is good enough to hold North Carolina down enough offensively that the Hurricanes will be able to have success on the other side of the football, move the football enough, score enough points to win this football game close. But this is going to be one of the games of the year in the ACC. Uh, obviously, Clemson-Notre Dame is up there in the ACC championship game. The rematch should be just as good. But this North Carolina-Miami game has game-of-the-year potential in the conference, so it's obviously going to be something to keep an eye on here this weekend. Mike, I'm going the other direction. Give me, give me North Carolina here, outright, yeah. on the field. Um, and the reason really for it, as you were talking about here, like these are two teams that have strengths. They're things that they do well. There are things that they are, are kind of – there are also flaws, we'll say. Both of these teams – are designed in a way such that their strength goes up against the other team's flaw. <laughs> so it, it really should be. First, so first of all, we'll start there. 
I think the thing that I'm most interested in here, total 67 and a half, give me over. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a fireworks show up and down the field the whole game. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be a ton of stops to be had. Um, North Carolina's ability to attack Miami's secondary sh- should be perfectly fine. Miami's ability to just move the ball and, and, and you know move the ball down the field against North Carolina's defense, that should be doable. Um, the reason I'm going to take North Carolina here to win the game outright is – Still, I will say this. I feel like Miami has been a team all year that I keep waiting on the second shoe to drop. Like, they're a team that, you know, as I guess we, we allude a lot on this podcast to the solid solid verbal. And, you know, as Dan would refer to on there, an LRO team, a luck ran out team. Now, yeah, Miami looked great against Duke last week. I, I'm just guessing Florida State's going to look great against Duke this week, too. Georgia Tech beat Duke the week before. Like... <laughs> That only gets you so much credit in my book. The thing is, with Miami, the last four games that they had won coming off the Clemson game, it was by a combined, I mean, what was it, 11 against Pittsburgh, or or 12 against Pittsburgh, five against Virginia, three against NC State, and one against Virginia Tech. Like, which one of those do you really, really feel good about Miami's performance in? I... Not, I don't know which one it is for me. Maybe it's the Pittsburgh win because you won by multiple scores. But maybe Pitt, yeah, yeah. But other than that, probably like, you, probably UVA. Actually, this probably this, UVA. This Miami team had a really hot start to the year against a pretty good UAB team, a ranked Louisville team, LOL, and Florida State, LOL, <laughs> and they climbed up in the rankings, and they've just kind of sat there. And I feel like people have kind of lost sight of the fact that. Miami is not winning these games in like real convincing fashion when they play against like a decent team. Right. So by that logic, at that point, give me North Carolina. This is going to be the best team that they've played since Clemson. Yeah, it is. By definitely is. by quite a bit. <laughs> and yeah, you know it's it's taken everything they've had to win those games. So yeah, give me North Carolina here outright. Hmm. I think the wrong team's favored. Wow. Okay. We really disagree. Okay. Yeah. No. And now, right. and now, in fairness, I mean, this is also a road trip for North Carolina. This is a home game, like a senior day kind of situation for Miami. The only, yeah, the only question I have to some degree is for Miami is is playing in the Orange Bowl really and truly like a real prize for them. Because if you think about it, that's just a home game. Like the, the right. Orange Bowl and, and Miami home games are played in the same place. Like you probably get the same locker room and everything. So is that a real true prize at the end of the road for Miami? I don't know. Uh, and I suspect maybe not as much as, as for most teams. Um, so, yeah, you know what? Give me North Carolina. and But more importantly, give me the over. I, I think this is a shootout. I think North Carolina is in good position to win this game. And uh, I think North Carolina is going to the, going to the Orange Bowl. I... <laughs> Hey, man, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at North Carolina's last five games here. Lost to UVA, blew out Duke. Everybody looks good against Duke, like you mentioned. Beat Wake Forest by six, 59 to 53. I mean, gave up 53 points to Wake isn't good. Um, pretty much got sat on by Notre Dame, which I'm not really going to feel bad for North Carolina's effort in that, was, that football. Game. That was a competitive loss. Like, their ranking went up after that loss. Yeah, well... <laughs> It was competitive for the first half, anyway. Um, they they had like ten yards of offense in the second half, uh, but they, like you mentioned, like they certainly hung in there uh, against an elite Notre Dame team, and then beat Western Carolina. So I think I, I I agree with you. Like I I think you could easily make the argument that this is like, you know, maybe North Carolina's favored by a field goal or whatever. I just I think it'll be competitive. I don't know. I mean, I I look at the over. I think if it's a high scoring game, I think that favors North Carolina. I think Miami's best path is that this game stays under the total. I think that's Miami's path to win. Yeah, yeah. That 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 needs to be the path for Miami. Uh, for yeah. what it's worth, SP Plus has North Carolina on a neutral field by three points. So there you go. There's that. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. This should be a fun game, though. This is the one to sit down and, and take the time to watch this weekend. I, I, this yeah. again probably has the chance to be one of the five best games in the ACC all year from, you know, just yeah. a quality standpoint and, and also a fun to watch standpoint. So Agreed. recommend sitting down and doing that. I don't think, I don't think you're wrong in either direction with who you pick. I think there's an argument to be had for each team. This is literally a, at least on paper, a coin flip matchup. Yeah. So. Again, each of these teams has a pretty critical flaw and the other one is designed to exploit it. So <laughs> yeah. Um, Mike, do you want to make the under official play or are you going to leave that one alone for now? 
leaving it alone. Oh, no, no. Leaving that alone. All right. Yeah, this could get high scoring in a hurry. It sure could. It sure could. That would be fun. Um, all right, let's move on. 8 o'clock, ACC Network. The mm. Virginia Cavaliers, a two-and-a-half-point underdog on the road, taking on your Virginia Tech Hokies. Total is 62. Mike, is this a, a, a revenge spot for Virginia Tech as the Cavs are the current holders of the uh, Virginia State Championship? I'm making an executive decision on okay. this podcast. I'm right. locking up right. two games, Joey. Whoa! I'm lock- I, this is this is a first for our podcast. Do it. Uh, UVA money line. Lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Damn, Mike, you just got a little bit out over the skis here for me because I I was considering locking up Virginia, but uh, uh, you were welcome <laughs> well, to have you're welcome to have it because there's actually another one that I really like. Okay, well I'm not. I'm not trying. Please, by all means, feel free to lock it up as well. I didn't mean to uh, steal that from you with my second lock of of the podcast. No, no, no. Um, yeah, this is this is a situation where UVA is playing better football than Virginia Tech. Flat out, better team playing better football right now at this time of year. Um, essentially, what Vegas is saying is that on neutral field, this game is even, which... I mean, sure, if Virginia Tech plays against UVA like they did in the first half against Clemson, Virginia Tech has a great chance to win the football game. The problem I have with this is that Virginia, defensively, and and we mentioned this on the recap, right? Virginia defensively last weekend against Boston College was outstanding against the run. And if Virginia is able to slow down or just outright stop Khalil Herbert in this football game, Virginia Tech is going to lose. Like, they are going to lose. We don't know who's going to play quarterback. Hendon Hooker left with some weird, you know, medical reaction that he had at the in the third quarter of the game against Clemson where, you know, some sort of stress-induced, you know, I don't even know what he was doing. He was almost like fidgeting on the sidelines. Something weird was going on medically with him. We don't know what his status is. Braxton Burmeister hurt his leg, but he's back at practice. Um, Knox Kadem, who's a former James Madison commit, came into the game and actually held his own against Clemson's defense in garbage time, didn't totally poop the bed, for lack of a better term. He hung in there. And I, I think that Virginia Tech's just got too many questions on offense. And defensively, they have struggled to contain dual-threat quarterbacks all year, and Brennan Armstrong checks the box as a competent dual-threat quarterback. Sure, he's been better running the ball than, than throwing this year, but – He's been really good, and Virginia Tech has had trouble stopping this type of quarterback all year long. I get that it's a rivalry game. Weird things happen. These teams are definitely evenly matched, but I think Virginia's playing better football. I think Justin Fuente is done in Blacksburg. That seems to be gaining some steam on the message boards. Uh, Keep an eye out on Tony Elliott at Clemson as a potential replacement. That seems to be, once Hmm. again, a little odd. Um, So who knows what Fuente's future holds? He needs to win this football game. I don't know if it ends up mattering in the end, but you can't lose to Virginia for a second year in a row. That seals your fate, in my opinion, and his fate might be sealed already. Don't know if the give-a-damn factor is there for Virginia Tech's players, even though it is a rivalry game, and a lot of the guys, especially the seniors, want to win the Commonwealth Cup and get that back. I was going to say, I, I, like, I would hope it would be, but yep. also like knowing what we've seen and heard from Virginia Tech over the last month, month and a half, like I could see it not being there too. Right. I, so I, I think Virginia Tech's players definitely care about this game, and I think they all want to win this game. But if the going gets tough, you have to wonder if there is a little bit of quit in Virginia Tech because you know it's the last game of the year and things haven't been going well. It feels like Tech hasn't won a game since, like I don't know, last September at this point. It just feels like they just haven't won a game in a really long time. So... Um, yeah, give me UVA here to win and cover. And, uh, man, I, I think the under could be a play, too. I Take a look at that. I don't think this gets as high scoring as Vegas suggests. Uh, I think Virginia has success stopping Virginia Tech's best path to victory offensively with the run. And I think the Hokies struggle in this game and lose by maybe two scores. Like, I think it could be that bad, potentially. And, and I mean, you got to think that if that happens – if Fuente's fate is sealed, if it wasn't already, like, right. You, right. I, of, of all the things that have kind of happened, you know, negatively to Virginia tech over the last year or two, like 
losing that streak of what was it 15 16 straight years that they won this game yep to lose that one year and then the next year come back and at home get blown off the field and, and yep. lose it a second straight year i mean goodness gracious that yeah that would not go over well in blacksburg i'd have to think most likely outcome is uva by like a touchdown in my opinion yeah but wouldn't be surprised if it's by more I, I'm with you, and and again, we were talking on you know with Banana Slug there on Twitter. He he couldn't believe that Virginia Tech was favored. He's like, I can believe that they're favored, but that doesn't mean I'm going to pick them to win, <laughs> and I'm not. I'll, I'll take Virginia to win this game outright. And lock like, it up, Joey. Lock oh, it up, Joey. Like what? Whatever. There's no rules. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. 2020. There are no rules. We both locked up Virginia outright, and I have another one because again, why the hell not? Yeah, we're picking two this week. Yeah, um, yeah. Give me Virginia outright, and it's it's like you said, Mike. I mean, it, it is just knowing what we have seen from Virginia Tech over the last few weeks. You know, the last few games, just knowing the the the, the bad vibes and bad juju coming out of this program. I just I can't pick them right now. I can't pick them to win, and I, I mean, I'll I'll be a little bit surprised if they do, honestly. Which is is kind of kind of a strange thing to say about a team that's favored by Vegas. I can't believe we just locked up UVA. I know. What a time. Strange times. What a time. Yeah, a couple of years ago, it's like I couldn't even be bothered to pick UVA to win the game. Right. And and actually, I remember a couple of years ago, Virginia, like I think Virginia Tech needed to win this game just to get bowl eligible or something like that. And Virginia was like a, I think it was favored. And I took Virginia Tech just because Virginia had never beat them. And now all of a sudden we're locking up Virginia in this game. Like, again, yeah, what a time. It's it's gone downhill quickly in Blacksburg. 2020 does not get less weird. Uh, we thought this team was good two months ago. Yeah, and I mean they they were they again they one of the more <laughs> head scratcher results kind of in retrospect of the whole season is looking back and seeing that Virginia Tech beat Boston College by like 30. Yeah, like beat NC State like looked looked competitive in a loss in North Carolina. They, like came back twice in that game without basically anybody healthy in the secondary. Like weird stuff was happening early in the year. It was a great coaching job early by Fuente and his staff. We were Very talking about them as, that everybody's healthy. You were talking about them as coach of the year stuff. Like Bill Connolly was. Yeah. He had him he had him second on his midseason awards list for coach of the year. National coach of the year. And that was just what, like early to mid October? Probably yes. mid October, yeah. Yes, like six weeks ago. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, downhill quick. Yeah, life comes at you fast, Mike. So UVA out right there and 62 points. I, I kind of lean with the over there. I don't know which, yep. which one of these defenses is really going to shut down the other offense. So I, I could see this having some points scored. I really like how we preface this podcast by saying, hey, there are a lot of games on the docket this week where the give a damn factor is going to be in question. So don't bet any of these games. And now we're both going to lock two of them up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we're going to have four total locks, the most we've ever done on a podcast, in a week where we prefaced it by saying, don't bet a lot of these games. Oh, I'm already excited for this this episode to pop up in people's feeds. Yes. And they're going to see, you know, week 14 ACC preview. Who gives a damn? Yes. <laughs> Which... At the time, it was going to sound a little funny, but that's actually kind of the discussion point here we're having. Yes, so. it is. Yep. Anyways. Uh, all right. Anything else that, that game, Mike? No, we're good. Mike, Move do on. you give a damn about Homefield Apparel? Yeah, I do. They sponsor our podcast. Absolutely. Joey. Of course I do. Course yeah, I, do. I love Homefield Apparel. Uh, yeah, go check them out if you haven't already. You've heard us talk about them uh, a whole bunch already, hopefully. But again, some of the Internet's premium vintage apparel for several ACC programs. Uh, if you ha are a fan of a program that you're looking to get their apparel for, um, you know, tweet at them. But also, more importantly, tweet at that school. Let them know, hey, we want to have some home field apparel partnership going. There might or might not be a small guerrilla marketing uh, uh, campaign in effect, yes. trying to get some partnership going with Georgia Tech here, Mike. That's something that Connor and the folks over at Homefield Apparel were talking to us on our initial marketing call with them for the sponsorship. They're like, yeah, we're trying to get in there at Georgia Tech, so any strings you can pull, like, let's pull on those. Absolutely. Please join me on Twitter in tweeting at Georgia Tech, at GT Athletics, at GT Marketing, whatever, all of it. Let them know we want Homefield Apparel. Mike, t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, hoodies, all that good stuff. 
Uh, get it all from homefieldapparel.com with vintage uh, imagery. It's extremely high quality, extremely comfortable. And Mike, if you order by December 12th, order by December 12th. So as we are watching these games, make sure you get your stuff ordered. You will have it by Christmas Eve. That is a guarantee. That is a guarantee from home field. And they always come up clutch. And if you're like, like Joey mentioned, if you're looking for vintage apparel for your school that is not on their site, tweet at them. They're pro they're hundred percent chance they're already on it, working on it, but tweet at them anyway. Because home field apparel is nothing but the best, you know, in my opinion, one of the best college sports related accounts out there right now. Absolutely. I think they've effectively replaced what used to be the Belk Bowl as <laughs> one of the best accounts out there with how they interact with fans and people who tweet at them and just the stuff they tweet anyway. Um, and they had that whole big new Saturday campaign earlier this year where they were unveiling like multiple schools every weekend. It was pretty wild but anyway go to homefieldapparel.com use go acc to check out 20 percent off your first order like joey mentioned if you order by december 12th i lied it's the 10th it's the 10th <laughs> i remembered that wrong it's the 10th so if you're listening to this on the 10th which is literally thursday uh make sure to order your vintage apparel if you want to make sure you get it by christmas so december 10th absolutely Homefieldapparel.com. Uh, thank you to the, to your support for your support, not only for us, but also some really great people for Connor and the gang up there uh, out of Indianapolis. Great group to work yep. with. Just a minor train wreck there. Okay. Absolutely, uh, Mike. I've actually already gotten a shirt for uh, from Homefield for you know getting myself a little bit of an early Christmas gift. Do you know which one it is? <sighs> is it the uh, Saturdays shirt? Louisville. How did you know? It is the football Saturdays shirt, as but except it's Saturday, as in Satterfield. Um, really cool looking shirt. I, I'm excited for it to come in. I'm excited to wear it because Mike, there's a chance that by the time I get it and by the time I start wearing it, it might be a bit of an ironic shirt. It might be because I'm not sure that Scott Satterfield necessarily wants to be the coach at Louisville anymore. Yeah, uh, let's just jump into that. So we're going to talk about the Louisville Wake Forest game here in just a second. But before we do. Goodness gracious, Scott Satterfield, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, absolute tripping over your own crank situation here for Scott Satterfield. I okay, so the long and short of what happened, as far as we understand it, is South Carolina fired Will Muschamp a few weeks ago. Um, they have been looking for his replacement, they finally found it in uh Shane Beamer, which that's another interesting conversation we could probably have it on a different day. Haha, but. One of the one of the folks that they looked to talk to was Scott Satterfield, and why wouldn't you? You know, he's he's guys from the Carolinas, and he uh, he ran a good program at App State for a number of years. Louisville was really good last year. They've been still reasonably good this year. Uh, you know, it hasn't really worked out. Despite on the, the record, yeah. Yep. Despite the record, they've been okay this year. Um, so they wanted to talk to him. That's understandable. And then there was kind of a a denial from Scott Satterfield, like said, no, 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 I did not have a conversation with South Carolina. Um, and then it's reported that yes, he did. And then he comes out and issues a statement basically saying, well, I, you know, yes, I had a conversation, but now I'm, I'm committed to being at Louisville again. And then the AD comes out and puts out a statement saying, I'm disappointed that he had a conversation, but we have an understanding. And then Scott Satterfield then has a press conference on, I believe it was Monday, like an hour after we got done recording where he's going on and on about how, well, you got to understand like my parents live in the Carolinas and that's kind of where I'm, I'm from. And basically listing all the reasons that he found South Carolina to be an attractive job that have nothing to do with why he's interested in still being at Louisville. Mm, woof. Like all of this, every last bit of it was an unforced error from Scott Satterfield that, you know, again, a week or so ago, it seemed like, the Louisville fan base was really irritated with him and, and f frankly, like ready to fire him, move on, whatever, just because he had that conversation with South Carolina. Which at the time, we talked about this on the podcast at the time, you and I looked at it and said, I mean, that's a little bit unreasonable, right? Yeah. Like, like, come on, like they don't need to just outright. I mean, Dan Wolken, hot take artist, guy's a total idiot, yeah. comes out yeah. and says that, you know, they should fire him and. How can he lie to the administration while administrations lie to coaches all the time? Like, give me a break. Yeah. Um, so that happened and that was interesting. But I, I thought that would have been an overreaction at that very moment. And now it doesn't really seem like Satterfield even wants to be there, which is a whole different conversation that I didn't even think we'd be having in the second year of the tenure. 
God, he made one comment, Mike, that just I, I cannot believe he said what he said. I, I'm guessing it's something that he kind of heard it differently in his head before it came out. But basically saying like, well, players are committed to the schools, but you got to remember, like coaches have families to think about. We got to we got to care for our own families as if players don't have families themselves. Like, right. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Lauren, Lauren Brownlow, friend of the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, tweeted out, tweeted out on Monday, like when the comments start filtering out from that press conference Satterfield had, she tweeted out, Justin Fuente thinks Satterfield needs to learn to read the room. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yikes. So, so poorly handled on his end. Such a, a ridiculously unforced error that, again, a couple weeks ago, what I told you, all right, Louisville, let's calm down, hold your horses. You know, like, don't get too uh, too excited, too up in up in arms over this. Like, I get it. This this happens. You know, Mike, I've been employed before and had conversations with other employers. Like, I'm sure you have as well. I like, have. You get it. This happens. Yep. But the way that it has been handled since then, like, it's it's only gotten worse and worse. And at that point, like, I totally get it. If you're if you're kind of done with this guy, or, or you know, if you kind of feel like the writing's on the wall that this is going to, minimum, it's going to take quite a while to fix. Or it might just never get fixed at all. I don't know. Right. I mean, the benefit of the doubt now has been totally lost. The honeymoon is over for Satterfield with the way they've handled this. Yeah. I mean, it's fine to have a conversation. I don't think I understand why Louisville fans are upset, but from Satterfield's standpoint, I don't really think that's a problem. Like, if you if you think that there's a better job out there for you and you want to entertain it, that's fine. Do what's best for you. You know, at the end of the day, fan base is going to be a fan base. There will be one on the other side for the job that you take that will love you just as much as the other one hates you. Like, who cares? Yeah. Um, What I have a bigger problem with is how he's handled it since then. He's losing the optics battle, Joey. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just doesn't really seem like with his comments and how he's responded to it since then, it doesn't really seem like the reasons why he's sticking around are Louisville-based. It almost seems like maybe similar to Justin Fuente at Baylor, um, which we've talked about at length, it almost seems like he realized he might not have been the top candidate in South Carolina, and he himself was trying to save face only by stepping in it and not talking about the reasons why he was sticking around at Louisville, but rather the reasons why he was entertaining the offer in the first place in South Carolina. Not the way to handle it. No, not at all. And and on some level, like if he's homesick and he wants to go back to the Carolinas or something like, and and that's a pretty different area than Louisville is like, it's a different part of the country. It's, it's different in a lot of ways. Like if that's the case, you get it. Like, you you know what it's like to be homesick, like, and, and, you know, you know, live one place, but be from another and, and all that. Like that's, that's a totally normal human thing. But as the leader of a group of young men, that you need to like get to trust you and, and right. believe in you and, and that, you know, you want to try to inspire. This is not the way to do it. You know, it, you can't be having that battle out in the media for, you know, so it's yeah, really disappointed in how this has all gone down. And yeah, I, I weirdly even thinking that Louisville hired a guy who again, was at app state for like 12 years or whatever it was. This guy is not like, you know, on the fast track up the ladder, he's not trying to parlay this into another job, that kind of thing. So I figured this was going to be several years uh, of him being at Louisville before even considering moving on. But at this point, Mike, I, I don't know how much longer this is going to go on for. Man, we need to revisit that mailbag we had where we were classifying which coaches are leaving and staying and firing and, you know, leaving for another job. And man, that aged poorly. That yeah. is just so outdated at this point. Really, uh, really should have added in a category for coach likely to step on his own crank doing this stuff. So, well, anyways. yeah, but um, his uh, his comments and everything that transpired probably didn't help Tutu Atwell's decision making, or did it? Because Tutu Atwell has opted out. I thought the timing on that was interesting as well. Um, yeah, yeah, Tutu Atwell has opted out. He will not be playing for the rest of the season for Louisville. He's headed to the NFL draft. Um, uh, you know, good on him, good for him. That's now the second major opt out from a skill talent standpoint for Louisville. I part of me would not be shocked to see something come from, you know, a, a Malik Cunningham or a Des Fitzpatrick or someone else, you know, on that team to kind of step away and say, you know what, I think I'm good here. Um, so, you know, good, happy trails, you know, good, good luck to Tutu Atwell going on to the draft. But Mike, at that point, I'm locking up Wake Forest here. Hell yeah. Lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. 
But I haven't even told you what the spread is. We haven't talked about the matchup at all. It doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Wake nope. Forest outright. Um, keep in mind, by the way, Wake Forest still, I think, a little bit steamed at Louisville over Wakey Leaks from a couple of years ago. That's a throwback. Oh, uh, man. But anyways, Shout out, Shane. Yeah. Um, we'll start here. Wake Forest, a one-and-a-half-point road underdog in Louisville at noon on the ACC Network. Total is 63 and a half. And yeah, that's that's purely it, Mike. At this point, like if, if you've got no Tutu Atwell, you've got no Javian Hawkins, you've got a team looking at Scott Satterfield as like, this guy sucks. Like he's trying to abandon us, all this stuff. Why would they play hard for him? There is no give a damn at all for, for Louisville in this game. There is a complete imbalance. So I'm locking up Wake Forest. Absolutely. They're going to win this game outright, probably by a couple scores. I like Wake Forest outright too. I'm not going to lock it up because locking out, you know, I, I'm not going to be unruly here and lock up three games, Joey. Because locking up three games would be something that some belligerent gambler would do. And I consider myself to be one of those folks. But I I have more respect for this podcast, Joey, than to lock up three games after we said at the outset that we shouldn't be betting any of them. Um, but take a look at Wake Forest money line. Mm-hmm. Like, this is – I love Wake this weekend. Quite, yeah. quite love Wake Forest. Um I'm with you. Like Louisville doesn't have two two Atwell. They don't have JB on Hawkins. Wake Forest can score plenty. Wake Forest has been quietly really good, even though they haven't played many games this year. Um, they're only four and three. This is only going to be their eighth game. So um, this is a team that's played, I believe, the fewest number of games in the entire ACC. Yeah, they're only like they're what four and three. They've only played yeah, seven games so overall. far. Yeah, so, I mean, there aren't many teams in the ACC. I don't think there are any teams in the ACC who have only played seven games, so Wake Forest is it. When they've played, they've been competitive. Sam Hartman's been really good. Offensively, I I guess one item to note is that Kenneth Walker just opted out, Mm -hmm. so he leads the team with 13 touchdown runs, but they still have Christian Beal-Smith, who's a capable running back and leads the team in yards, so there's that. Um, But, yeah, I I think Wake Forest has a great opportunity to win this football game, and I wonder how Louisville is going to respond after a really weird last week and a half. I mean, they had a bye week last week and they've now had to kind of sit here and fester and wonder if Satterfield really wants to be there as their head coach. Now they've had two weeks to think about that. And I don't know what Louisville's mindset is going to be going into this game. And now they don't have two of their best playmakers offensively. Des Fitzpatrick to his credit came out and said, Hey, we support Satterfield. Like everybody can relax. Like the players are behind him. But, the players are handling it better than he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, weirdly, because the players are like, yo, we're, we got a football game to go try win. But, you know, I mean, it's one thing for Des Fitzpatrick to say that. It's another for Louisville to go out there and actually prove it. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, I, I like Wake Forest here as well. Yep. I, I don't have a whole lot more to go into there. I, you know, it, it does suck for Wake Forest losing Kenneth Walker. I mean, as mentioned, he, he wasn't the team's leading rusher, but he was only about 13 yards short of it. Uh, but he he was getting the ball in the end zone better than Christian Peel Smith just by a little bit. Right. So, I mean, they're, they're still left with a really good running back there in Christian Beal Smith, and I'm sure Dave Clawson has something for that offense. Uh, yep. Wake Forest hasn't played since North Carolina on the 14th of uh, November. So, Almost a month. Yeah, that 59-53 game that was the last time Wake Forest has played. So they've had you know several several weeks now to practice, and and I think they're ready and kind of itching to get at, get back out there. So yep. Yep, give me Wake Forest outright. Wrong team's favored, and yeah, yep. this is just this is a straight up money line play. Which, I mean, it's only a one and a half point spread, so you're not getting that much juice on the money line. But that, yep. that's the one to hit. This is this you might is not the even one... be able might not be able to bet money line in some spots. In some they places, might just say hey, you got to pick the spread. Yeah, I, I I'll say this um, of of all the games this weekend, and we said you know be careful about betting any of them. This is the one I feel the best about. Which hence I why you lock probably it up. agree. Yeah, I agree. So. Um, yeah, give me Wake Forest outright. Uh, totals sixty three and a half. By the way, Mike, I think I might go over on that. I'm gonna make that a play. I'm not gonna play that only because I don't know what Louisville's offense is going to do without. I mean, without Javion Hawkins, Louisville's off. Louisville's offense has still been okay, but now without Tutu Atwell as well, it's really going to be the Cunningham and Fitzpatrick show on mm-hmm. offense, which can still be productive. I just don't know how well Wake Forest will scheme for that. And if they do, I don't know how many points Louisville scores. Yeah, that's fair. Totally fair. All right, Mike, last game. The Duke Blue Devils, a a four-and-a-half-point road favorite 
a road underdog, excuse me, a four and a half point road underdog in Tallahassee taking on the Florida State Seminoles at four o'clock in the ACC network. Total is 57. First off, Mike, gross. Yuck. I I don't know which which of these teams I'd rather bet on right now, honestly. Um, I For the love of God, please stay away from this game. This is like a bad drug that you just keep going back to. <laughs> you got uh, is that like from personal experience or you know, just watch Narcos oh, no. or not a drug guy. Um, <laughs> it's like a really bad IPA that you just keep going back to, I guess. Yeah, there I you know. go. That I can relate to. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, Florida State's the pick. And I want to throw up saying that Florida State's the pick and they're going to cover. Duke's going to hand him the ball a few times, and they'll make enough plays offensively to to win and cover. I don't have an opinion on the total. Don't even really feel that great about picking Florida State minus four and a half, but whatever. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. Give me Florida State to cover four and a half, which again, gross. Uh, but Duke again, I, Duke is like checked out at this point. I mean, yeah. Not only a lot of quitting them. Yeah, I mean, you got beat by 20 points or whatever it was by Georgia Tech, and then you got just shut out and just annihilated by Miami last week. Yeah, I mean, they'll turn the ball over a few times, and uh, yeah, I I guess give me Florida State here. Um, I could see the Seminoles having a little bit of something to play for. Again, as you talk about a developmental thing and moving towards next year and all that, um, Florida State, keep in mind, they haven't played since the uh, 38-22 game that they lost to NC State there. I don't even remember what day this was. Um, this was November 14th, so they haven't played in like a month. Um, yeah, I guess Florida State. I don't have any – I don't really have a whole lot of a breakdown on that one, though. No, I, the, the only thing is that I think very similar to the conversation we had about Georgia Tech earlier in this podcast, I think Florida State is a team that, like you mentioned, to give a damn factor from a developmental standpoint heading into this year, I think will be important to monitor, and I think that's a reason why they'll be a bit more motivated in this football game. And I just think from a talent standpoint, they're a better team. Um, so I, I can't believe I'm saying that about two and six Florida state versus two and eight Duke, but that's kind of where we're at here. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Florida state's the pick totals 57. No, no opinion. Maybe under, I Pass. don't know. Yeah. Pass. All right, Mike. Uh, actually turns out we do have one more game to pick here. Oh no. Oh boy. Do we let's cue it up, baby. The 0-5 outright, the 0-5 against the spread, Bowling Green Falcons hosting the Miami of Ohio Red Hawks. The Falcons this week catching 24 and a half after a 28-point loss to Akron last week. Mike, is that enough? Give me the Red Hawks. <laughs> yep. Yep. Give me the Red Hawks. The, uh, the Red Hawks, for what it's worth, they've, they've only played three games so far of their six-game schedule. Um, two of them have been canceled. But from a data point standpoint, they did play Akron on Thanksgiving weekend and beat them 38-7. to Bowling Green probably wishes this game was canceled. Yeah. So that's the, uh, the Akron team that just beat Bowling Green by four scores last week. So, yeah, 24? Nah, I'll lay him. I'll lay him. Bowling Green is Bowl- horrific. Bowling Green is the worst team in the FBS, I think. Yeah, no, I think so. I think so. Like, it's UMass, New Mexico State levels of, of bad. Yes. So, let's see where they are in SP+. Plus. Oh, that they, would be an exercise. They are 126 out of 127. They are allegedly nine points better than UMass. <laughs> oh, man. Give me UMass. You want to know how bad me? UMass is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, um, so we'll see if uh, Scott Leffler and Brian Van Gorder, our boys, somehow uh, survive that one. I, I I don't know how they got hired to begin with, but hey, it's good for the memes, Mike. Oh, it's great for the memes. Great for the brand of this podcast, too. For the brand, absolutely. Uh, all right, Mike, that's all I got on week 14. Anything else? Yeah, Bowling Green should take a look at Dino Babers once they fire Scott Leffler. I mean, it worked last time. Yep. And it's it worked a lot better than it's worked for Dino at Syracuse. Bowling Green might be a better job. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Ooh. I'm sorry. Careful. I'm sorry. Yikes. Careful. Syracuse 115 in SP+. <laughs> it's 
it's not that much better of a job. It's not that great. All right, uh, Mike, you've got Georgia Tech plus the six and a half and UVA outright as your locks of the week. I've got Wake Forest plus the one and a half and outright and UVA outright as my locks of the week. Don't bet these games, but actually bet half of them. But also, yeah, double locks. So on both yes. ends. Oh, my God. Yeah, what a mess. Um, all right, well, that's just the kind of year it's been, Mike. Uh, Mike, we're going to get out of here. We're going to watch these games, come back and recap them. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel VT. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. We're also at BC Podcast ACC on Instagram. Come find us there. Uh, getting a lot of good content up. Come check it out. Uh, Mike, they can send us an email with questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. And Mike, you want to tell them where they can find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Go support our friends at Home Field Apparel. It supports us as well. Use the promo code GOACC at checkout. Like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, but butchered a little bit because neither one of us are good with dates. Um, it's actually December 10th is the deadline that you need to order your sweet college, vintage college apparel by Christmas. If you want it for Christmas, you want it Christmas Eve, you got to order it by December 10th. Chances are you're probably listening to this on December 9th or December 10th. If you're, if you're looking for it on the 11th, that's fine. You just won't get the vintage apparel by Christmas. Still use the promo code. It still works. So go check that out. Also, one more note, Joey. Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten a review in a while, even though our we, we've gotten more listeners this year. Like We've cultivated a pretty strong listenership over the last year or so, which is great. That's what we want to continue to do. Yep. But we haven't had a review in a while. So please go review the podcast. Give us five stars on iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. really helps us, helps the podcast out. Or however many stars you want to give us. You know, it's not trying to... Not trying yeah, to uh, yeah, no pressure, flood the reviews. Yeah, right. I, I will say this, Mike. We did get a a request on Twitter. Uh, somebody trying to come on and join the show. And I'll say this: it it is really tough to make that happen during the season. Um, trying to schedule guests and, and bring on and, and get schedules to match up and all that stuff. But in the off season, yeah, I which mean, is coming fast. It is coming really quick. We can we can try to make that work. So if if you are you know using that promo code with Homefield Apparel, if you're rating and reviewing and you're following us on all the various things, if you are one of the folks that is really doing a great job of supporting the show, yeah, we'll have that conversation in the off season. Come oh, yeah. on and, and talk about your team and whatever else you want to talk about. Yep. So keep that in mind, Mike. That's all I got. Anything else? I. Th- I think we're good. A pretty thorough preview here. Way more thorough than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You want to come back and recap these games after they've been played? Yeah, for sure. Sounds good. Well, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the games. Uh, We will be back to recap these games after they're played. In the meantime, go find us on all those places. We will talk to you guys again soon. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.